Welcome to Frame of Reference, informed, intelligent conversations about the issues and challenges facing everyone in today's world. In-depth interviews with Sauk County's leaders and professionals to help you expand and inform your Frame of Reference. Brought to you by the Max FM Digital Network. Now here's your host, Raul Labresh. And thanks again for joining us for another episode of Frame of Reference. So the past two weeks I had been uh, talking with Travis Hilliard, longtime police officer here in, in uh, Sauk Prairie, who is now moving on to bigger and better things. I, I expect nothing but bigger and better from Travis because he's that kind of bigger and better heart every time I see him and talk to him. Anywho, we got done with that conversation, and it's about two weeks later now since all those first couple of episodes were recorded, and as time went by, both of us felt, I think, that there was just another nut we needed to at least try to crack. It came out of a, a, a text, of all things, I think a couple days later, and said, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the legacy question you asked, and I thought, connection. That's what I really want my legacy to be. So, Travis, it's your fault that you're here. Again, sorry, man. I, I understand. Know, I, I know you have a life. I take full <laughs> responsibilities. <laughs> but that just got my old gerbils going. The old hamster wheel started turning. And I thought about that whole concept of connection. And then it made me think about what you've always stood for. And I think what you've always represented to me in this community is mm-hmm. someone that makes me feel safe. Mm-hmm. You're someone that you're just, your smile, your presence, your awareness, your, you know, your involvement with the community have always been to me kind of the epitome of what a police officer does. They provide sure. a level of safety so the community can function at its optimum level. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. So then I look at the world as it is today. And I think about the the number of family members that are at odds with one another and the number of communities that are at odds with one another for all kinds of reasons, whether it's you can't make me wear a mask in public. Yes, I can. How can you be an idiot and not wear them? Well, how can you be an idiot and not realize your rights are being taken away? Mm -hmm. I mean, all those arguments. And then you get into the whole issue of, you know, well, you're a Biden-loving communist or, well, you're a, you know, Trump-loving fascist. We've got so much angry rhetoric going on, how can anybody feel safe? Mm-hmm. And yet, every one of those constituencies is craving to feel safe. And we talked about that a little bit. We were kind of prepping for this last conversation, well, I don't know last, but it's our, our the yeah, next conversation right, right. about uh, that whole need for being safe. So the question in all of that is, first, how do you think communities can get back to the place where we have that kind of safety? Because if we don't, I, I fear that we are moving rapidly towards a place where January 6th or a similar kind of event right. can happen somewhere or, you know, a, a situation like in Minneapolis, St. Paul can happen where things are going to get out of control in, in, at, at a point where police need to get involved, but they won't because the ramifications and the consequences of getting involved appear, mm-hmm. appear, they aren't right. necessarily, but they appear right. to be worse than most people would would deal with because I think yeah. even after January 6th some of those Capitol Police officers are saying you know if that happened today I'd just say that let, let it happen right. I'm not going to get that, that what good did that do for me right um, right. You know, my friends got their head bashed in and nobody cared. So I, I'm not, yeah. I don't want my head bashed in for mm-hmm. what? Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I'm talking about a whole bunch of different stuff. But you, yeah. you know what I'm asking? Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I really do. I, I think you know, I look at this life as a as a yardstick. You know, if you look at safety as a yardstick and, and how we perform our duties, no matter if we're in the manufacturing setting or, or um, you know, retail or 
community service or nonprofit emergency services. I've done a lot of research on this, and this the fundamentals of safety and security to me from an individual aspect with all of our social media apps, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, all these different things, people get up the same way, they go to bed the same way every day, and the first thing they grab is their social media app. They check in on themselves, and their day is going to be regulated on how many thumbs up I've got for the day. <laughs> and I, I really do encourage people to just detoxify themselves. I got sick. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and the, you know this is this is science behind the algorithms of who is Travis Hillard. Well, I know he searches keen footwear. I know he looks looks at mountain biking and right. he, he looks at all this stuff. Guess what I get? I get all these different apps. I get all these different advertisings for for footwear, for outdoor wear, those types of things. That's by design. Yeah, you know those are the algorithms, and I think people smarter than I am know what's going to what's going to link up with people. And you so you you take that back to the fundamental principle of safety is that if people would just kind of settle into who they are, find their identity, just take a break and be honest with themselves and just say who am I? And I think once we find ourselves, whether it's you know whether we're we're looking at doing this or that and our leaders in our community, whether they're they're at the fundamental level or if they're at the national level or if they're just business leaders within an area, be okay with being honest with your people. Don't worry about what social media is going to say. Don't worry about what other people are going to be saying about you. The fact is we need transparency and we can give all the rhetoric in the world of safety, safety, safety. We got your back. We're going to take care of this. Really? No. No, we, we, we just don't have enough people in order to ensure that you're safe. But how can I make you feel safe? And what tools can you obtain in order to change your mindset, rewire your brain and say, this makes total sense here? Yeah, I'm. what's important now? I got up this morning, turned the lawn sprinkler on. My flowers are looking good. Excellent. Now what? Kind of deal. Right. And I, I think right. people of color have to feel that way. Because a lot of times having, having interracial family myself is that we have some tough conversations within our family in order to talk about, Hey, when you branch out, these are the things you're going to be facing. And we're very candid about that. Sure. And what's, what's important is that we have the skill set, provide the skill set to my children to say, you will, you'll be fine, but it's perspective. The way you look at things is going to make a difference in how you respond to things. Right. Well, and I see that, that perspective issue is what seems to be so lacking in a lot of our conversations and a lot of our um, so- our segmentation of, of our society in that if I'm a Trump believer or Trump, mm-hmm. a Trump supporter, I tend to hang with Trump supporters. And that's fine and good if I want to just reaffirm my own bias about what a great decision that is. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get into the debate of whether or not that is a great decision right. because that's, I think, an individual's decision to make. But I would challenge everyone, myself included, that whatever my bias may be, I need to figure out ways to challenge that bias regularly, because otherwise that bias will control the way that I think, and it will it will force, it will prohibit me from seeing things that would be helpful for me to learn, mm-hmm. or for me to, to grow through. So I really, I struggle with that because I think inherently... Not challenging those biases is a very unsafe thing to do. 
both for us collectively as a society and individually as people. And I just don't see the people out there that are saying, hey, there's something else out here. Hey, come on, just think about this for a second, okay? Yeah. Feel safe enough to challenge your own bias, to see something a little different, and maybe just maybe you'll see that, you know what? I've met some Muslims that are pretty cool people. Yeah. You know what? I've met some African Americans that are pretty darn cool people. And when they tell me they don't feel safe, I listen to them. When they tell me what Black Lives Matter is really about, I have to stop and think because I'm not a black person. I don't right. know what that world looks like to a black person. So I want to respect them, and I hope they'll respect me enough to say, hey, help me understand more, okay? Yeah. I may not agree with you, but help me understand. And, and I think that's that's part of that connection. That's part of connecting with people is, hey, you know what? I have no idea what it is to be an underwater welder. I have no idea what that job entails, but I think it's pretty cool. It would be fun to explain this to me, you know? Yeah. But, you know, and and then you can look at, I have no idea what it is to be in dark skin. No idea. I can read all the books, all the literature. I can, I can go through implicit, explicit bias training. I don't know because I don't, still don't walk in your shoes, but I empathize with that. And I think we have lost compassion, empathy, and understanding with everyone across the board because I think, what we have done, and just from my experience in 30 years in law enforcement and, and working within schools and across the board, is that the more and more people that become familiar with who they are and what they do, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about what I do and but this is normal to me. This is familiar to me. We have to step out and into the unfamiliar. We have to take risks and push ourselves. And I, I think I always get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. And that might be that feeling of unfamiliarity or being familiar with something. I like that feeling of like, Hey, this feels kind of scary. This feels kind of weird, but you know, I'm going to try it and see what happens. And in case an example is I was approached by, um, some educators and said, Hey, can you teach this? I'm like, I don't know if I can teach it, but I can learn it. I can learn the curriculum and I will teach it. You know, it's, it's, it's sure. And it's making sure that it's, it's the fidelity of this is correct. But I, I look at that as in people's lives. Is that if I open up the same same book, if I read the same chapter day after day after day, I'm pretty limited in my thought process. Mm-hmm. And if I only go to the same grocery store, the same store every day, day after day, I'm pretty limited to my experiences. And we all can say life experiences this and this, but I think today more so, more importantly, we need to branch out out of our comfort zone and say, you know what? never done that before. I've never talked to, uh, you know, this person and just hang out. What, what if somebody just plain doesn't want to, I don't want to, yeah. you know, I, I mean, and I see that like, even in law enforcement, it's like, you know, sir, I, I need to, I need to ask you to please lower your voice. Yeah. I don't want to, you can't, yep. I mean, that, that <clears throat> defiance, you've seen that defiance up close so many times you don't even probably think about it, but is there a way to kind of turn that defiance around and get people, you know, the verbal judo thing that says, yeah. Yo, and you all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait a minute. All of a sudden he's complying. He doesn't even realize he's complying. Right. 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 So I, I, I did go back to it. Everyone has a story. You know, everyone has a story, no matter if, if they're being virtual belligerent, if, if you just worked at domestic, there's stuff going on that we, we do not see. It's like that we only see the tip of the iceberg. Sure. We don't see what's going on, the, the, the 20 years of family history underneath the water or, or even, 
you know, just momentarily what's going on. We see a ripple on the water. We can't see because sure. it's, 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 we can't see it underwater. Right. And, and I think, again, it comes back to that, that connection. Some people you will connect with, some people you just need some time. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is if you're understanding, compassionate, you've got that empathy and you try to connect with them just by listening. And, and I think you can listen, but you have to be present. I think people, there's a difference between I'm listening to your role, but I'm not really here. I'm kind of, you know, my eye gazes around and we're not paying attention. But I think that's the thing. When you were saying before we started recording again, how to you a fundamental difference in real leadership yeah. is a real, a true leader is able to stay present, completely present in the situation at hand. So when there's a discussion about policy or a discussion revealing mm-hmm. an issue that needs to be resolved, that a, a true leader figures out how to focus and remain present in the discussion to a way in a way that allows them to operate on it effectively rather than, you know, yeah. inconsequentially. Well, just go make those people eat cake and they'll be fine. You know? Yeah. So, and I think, you know, I, I, I what I'm thinking of here is two, two incidences. One early spring, I was teaching life skills curriculum, I believe I was t- teaching self-esteem and I was showing a motivational video to a third grade class. And as I was, I was going through this motion, motivational video, it's talking about life is tough and, and how we can become more resilient and, and, but by skill set, by our, the way we think, the way we process the way, the things we do to keep ourselves healthy. And I had this little third grade boy come, I was sitting in the bathroom and this little third grade boy came up to me and he sat down next to me on a stool and he took my hand and he goes, he goes, Travis, I have a really hard life. And I said, Hey buddy, I know, I know you have a really hard life. And I said, that's why I'm showing this video. And I've worked with his family for years and years. And, and we got through this video and he looks at me, he goes, it's not so bad, is it? I said, no, life isn't so bad. And um, I'm working part-time for a law enforcement agency. Third grade. Third so let's, grade. let's think about, this is an eight-year-old, right? Or maybe a yes. nine-year-old, okay? Yes. And he, <laughs> I want everyone who's listening to this to just stay, take a moment, breathe, and think about a little eight-year-old guy coming and sitting next to you and putting his hand on your hand and saying your name and saying, I got a tough light. Okay, I just yeah. want you to melt. I want that to melt people's hearts yeah. a little bit as they listen to the rest yeah. of what you're, I'm sorry. It, 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 <laughs> was, it was amazing. And, and I share that story of how important it is to make connections, yeah. being present, yeah. really being present, not yeah. just there for a job. When you didn't say, no, it's not that tough. No. You said, I know it is, buddy. He, he's got a tough life. I know it is, buddy. Yeah. And you let him find the way out of it, which is, I think, part of our our issues, we always want to say, well, the answer is to do this. And it's just like, yeah. you have no idea what the answer is until no. you listen and really try to figure out where they're really at. Yeah. Let, and find, let them find the answer. That's the only way the answer is going to stick. It's their right? journey. Right. It's, it's, it's everyone's journey. Like the ally, pro, uh, what, yes. there's an ally um, <clears throat> process going on with the poverty, um, the circles ministry going on. Mm-hmm. I think that's, a, yes. it, it, you, you become an ally, not a fixer for a person that is, you know, suffering from poverty, right? Exactly. Similar kind of principle. Yeah. So, okay, sorry. And, and the, the other, I was working, um, I worked part-time law enforcement up north yet, and I was up north working over a 4th of July weekend, and we responded to an incident where a 35-year-old individual um, put both arms through a plate glass window. It was on Ooh. an upper story flat roof. Ooh. And so we, we responded over there, and, and keep in mind, when there, there's not a lot of resources up north. Yeah, you know, down here it might have been a three-four officer response. There's only two of us, 
And so we responded up there and, you know, you, you find yourself, you really have to, that connection is so important because you have no backup. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're just there dealing with this. And this guy was, was bloody from head to toe. Sure. Intoxicated. And, and we, we got talking with them and stuff. And I'm not kidding you. After about 30 minutes of conversation, we're able to get them down the ambulance. And the ambulance ride from location was about 40 minutes. I rode in the ambulance, <clears throat> rode in the ambulance with them for 40 minutes. This is July 3rd. <clears throat> and as they're riding in the ambulance, he was strapped down. You know, immobilized because he was a fighter. He's kicking, sure. headbutting, everything else. And as we're driving, you know, we're, we're kind of joking around, making some, trying to connect with this guy. And at one time, <clears throat> he reached over. I'm sitting right next to him. He he goes, "Can I hold your hand?" I said, "Well, of course you can hold my hand." <laughs> and and he People like to hold your hand, he Travis. At, he looks at me. Hold her. He looks at me. And he goes, "I've had a really tough life." And and I said, yeah. you know. This is the first time I've met you, but I'd be interested to hear about your life. And he started proceeding to tell me that, you know, mom and dad were very successful and mom has passed away. Dad has passed away and he's just out there floundering and struggling. But it brought me back to that third grade moment of like, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what is going on, the fact is, is people deserve a connection. People deserve time Yeah, and no judgment. You know, this, this, this thing is, and it takes people that way. And I'm not saying I'm special or anything. I'm just saying that's a technique I use. And right. that's, that's truly makes my life better. Right. In a sense. Well, and, and, and you know, it's interesting because to me, we can talk about that being a technique that you use, but I think it's also a life decision that you imbue. It's a choice. Yeah. You, it's a you choice. Are, you are choosing to be invested in every moment. And yep. whatever that moment may, may bring you, you're choosing to make the most of it. And that, that takes a lot of discipline. That takes, yeah. I think, a lot of just commitment, which is part of what honestly concerns me, scares me about the way things are moving. And if we don't somehow community by community, individual by individual, take control of this beast that's mm-hmm. being created <laughs> around us, we're in we're in for some serious doodah yeah. um, because it, if we don't start figuring out a way to reach across, because I can't imagine that there were nothing but light years of distance between you and this guy. In oh my the, gosh. I yeah. mean, in terms of life's decisions, life's, uh, you yep. know, opportunities, all that stuff, you know, was he a Trump supporter? Were you a Biden supporter? You know, all of that stuff, would, would he a mask or were you, all of that stuff yeah. melts away and you became very good friends yep. from, from yeah. those my, my interaction with this individual is 30 minutes of fighting with him. Yeah. Until we kind of got calmed down, window of tolerance, right back to regulation zone and took a breath. Right. And you know what? This, it was, it's, it's amazing what people's stories are. Yeah. But if, if we, it's a choice, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's something we need to learn and practice. And if, if we don't want to learn and practice it, it goes back to like, I don't know. I'm not going to listen to you. Right. Hey, that, that doesn't offend me. That that's on you. That's your journey. Right. You that's hopefully, hopefully you're happy, but I'm here to help. I'm here to, <clears throat> yeah. whenever you, whenever yep. you choose to, I'm here. Something different. Exactly. So th- there's an individual thing that each of us can do. Now I take it to like the, the officer Chauvin, kind of situation Mm -hmm. or in the things you've dealt with yourself as a police officer that when you have that, I don't want to mentality seep into a police officer's life and a police officer can avail themselves of 
opportunities to kind of do a gut check, do a mind check and say, I'm getting into some dangerous territory here with how I'm treating the people that I serve. But it's harder, I, I, I think measurably harder for police officers to be held to a standard of, no, you need to get help now because we don't even want to admit that that's okay for a police officer to be vulnerable enough to say, I need to get help now. Yes. Right. I mean, it's such a. Am I misunderstanding? No, no. There, there's that balance, and I, I think there is this underlying current, you know. And if you're not going to, you know, realistic, you're not going to get any professional say, "Oh, we we employ EAP services. We're going to plug them in. We're going to do." Man, I'll tell you, just like no different than we come to work, we're doing whatever we do. There are certain things that you just don't want anyone to know about because it's going to be, I can't deal with that. I, you know, I don't, because then it creates this, this more stuff of my jobs on the line now. And right. what are people going to think? And you know, right. this and that. And so we're disconnecting we're, we're, When we do that, we disconnect we more disconnect, and more, right? We right. disconnect right. And, and, and ultimately it hurts the individual, the organization and the family and their life, you know? And, so but again, how do you make it safe? You, you, you create this conversation and, and we don't know it's safe until we put it in practice. It's just, it's just like that once you do it, okay, that was fine. It's like walking on ice. Okay. I checked it. We're at five inches. I should hold me. I'm going to take one step out. That is safe. I'm going to take also next thing you know, you're hundred yards out ice fishing. Right. You're like, it is safe. And I think in our minds, we're so we want to be dialed in to say, what is safe? Where do I stand? Am I okay here? And and that takes time. And that that takes leadership to make you feel that way. Rewire the brain to understand, you know what? Yeah, I've I've tested this ice quite a bit. I'm safe here. And communication. So would it be is there something that community members because you know we we do depend on our police forces mm -hmm. to keep us safe in situations where I don't carry a gun I don't I know some people that do carry guns that have concealed carry and whatnot but if something comes to a case where you need to protect yourself in that way I, I I'm yeah. not the guy um, I can maybe protect by talking somebody down and getting yeah. to know their story but so I say all that with to preface is there a way for community members like myself or people that are just inclined to do so to approach a police officer and say, Hey, how are you doing today? If we don't know, I mean, is that going to be categorically responded to as what this guy, what's he doing here and the suspicion factor, or is there a way to bridge a gap and say, no, Hey, I, I really, I get how tough it is to be a police officer today's world. I just, I just want you to know, I really appreciate what you're doing. And, and you know, I, I, I thank you for your service. I mean, how do you build that relationship? Cause you and I were able to yeah. build that, I you know, mean, and, and it is just that it's just like, Hey, how are you doing today? And appreciate your service, you know, very, and, and you got to give the cops a break, yeah. you know, and, and they're, they're working through some things, but also the cops have to identify themselves too, to say, am I okay? You know, kind of deal internally. They got to internalize that and figure that out. And that's their own journey. But I think from a public standpoint is like, Hey, give them a break, cut them some slack. Um, and, 
they're human beings. Can the political leaders like our our town? I mean, mm-hmm. we have a small scale microcosm yeah. of the macrocosm, but can our political leaders? Uh, you know, is there room for village boards that mm-hmm. are more engaged in the health of their police officers? Are they? Are they fundamentally responsible for setting that environment in which there are good checks and balances and a good safety support system built they're, in? They're they're a board. They can ask questions and stuff, but ultimately, it's it's it comes from the 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 police commission and the and the chief and and down as it trickles down. Okay, you know that's the leadership umbrella. Okay, um, when it comes to any police agency, the police and fire commission, whether they're managing fire and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> But it, it comes down to, you know, having conversation, having conversation and accepting, you know, indeficiencies on people and understanding, saying, hey, you know, we got tough role here. We're going to do it. And, you know, and, and people across the board, people are people. And no matter if they're in the private sector or corporate sector, the fact is, is, hey, you know what? Just really be concerned. How are we doing? Mm-hmm. Without saying, mm, what are you asking that for? Right. Where is this going to go? Right. And I, I think in society, that's going to that's got to work its way out because we still are going to go back to what's familiar, what's safe. You know, what should we do with these people, and what's the public going to think? Right. Because it's always like, what's the public going to think? What's going to happen on social media versus, hey, what's the best for the individual? Right. Kind of deal. And and I think across the board, when people. At the leadership level, no matter what, what, whatever you're leading, whether it's your coach, you're leading a little league team. The fact is, is the connection and what can do the the best for these people, kind of deal. And you know, I was I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I, I this really resonated with me too. And what it wasn't this one, it wasn't this oh one. No, God. I'm sorry, Raul. It, it wasn't. One. There's other podcasts I, out there. But, I thought this was the only. But I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be as good as this one <laughs> so i'm like well i don't know but good it was safe good save. yeah it was, it was it was talking about um this high national leader went to this conference and they met him at the front door rolled out the red carpet for him brought him you know dump him off in the front with a limousine and you know they it came down to a cup of coffee and and they served him a cup of coffee and this this really nice mug and you know whatever you need to do and, and catered to him and it was interesting because the following year, he went back and did the same conference, but he wasn't in the same position. And he, he meanders, and I'm, you know, paraphrasing, <laughs> meanders his way back into the lobby and says, "Hey, where can I get a cup of coffee?" And the person says, "It's over there at the coffee machine. Just grab, go help yourself." And so he he grabs his cup of coffee and he's drinking a cup of coffee out of a styrofoam cup. Keep in mind, a year before, the man they told it on him, this cup of coffee right. was great, a ceramic mug. Right. But he's, he finds himself same person. Right. Same person, right? Drinking a cup of coffee out of a of a seraphim cup, and the beautiful message there is that the ceramic mug wasn't for the person; it was for the position he held. And hmm. you know, the humbling experience is nobody's better than a seraphim cup of coffee, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> or a coconut filled or coconut filled right. coffee. Yeah. But we tow it to the position. Mm-hmm. Versus you are just an individual human being. We're going to drink coffee out of sorrow from cups and be okay with this. Yeah. You know, and that to me is a fundamental of respect to a person. I'm not going to treat you any different because you're a status symbol or you got a title or, or whatever, you're elected official. 
if we're going to have a cup of coffee together, we're going to drink out of the same cups, whatever's hanging on the wall. Right. You know, and, and I think that comes down to that, that connection is that it's, it's really interesting, but you know, I have found that in, in this position too, because I'm the, I'm not a Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And I, I found how many people wanted to converse with me because of my title, not because of who I was. Right. And that is very beneficial to me because that just mm-hmm. solidifies what, what the research I've done. Sure. And so I was prepared for that. Sure. And I find it comical, but that doesn't change my thought of them. Right. You know? Right. So it comes full circle back to how can leaders do a better job? is being able to have conversation, have that connection with people. Right, right. And not looking at the position, look at the person, which is, boy, there's a fundamental yes. human flaw if ever there was one, right? It's yeah. just, you know, I want to associate with you because you're, he's the lieutenant. I, I know I want to uh, associate with him because he's a really good person. Right. You know, and I, I, I found that being a really good person is not a function of your status. It's a function of who you are inside and who you aspire to be as you grow, yeah, as you go yeah. along. Right. And so, and those leaders that, like I said, that leader might be a fundamentally, you know, a status or a, a title thing, or it might be that, that single police officer, you know, talking to a group of kids at, at the scouting event, Yeah, you know, they look at that, that single loan officer as a leader, right. You know, being connected. Sure. You know, sometimes we think of those leaders as titles and stuff like this, but and you strip that title away from people, how do you treat them then? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, the conversation just keeps going, doesn't it, Travis? It does. So it does. I, I have to thank you again, my friend, for just stopping in. I, you, you know, all you did was come in to get a picture taken, and you ended up with this. Yeah, and, uh, no, that's fine. So, but uh, we'll talk again, not because you're a lieutenant, not because yeah. you're anything other than Travis and Scooby-Dooby-Doo. We have a, you'll have to ask us about that on, on email or something, folks, because we have a big Scooby thing going on. Yeah. So, but uh, th- thanks so much, Travis. I, oh, you're I, very I, welcome. Best wishes to his, this new embarkation of your career. I know you're, you're tracking down COVID interactions. Yes, I'm doing COVID tracing right so, now. And that's been, it's been interesting and making a lot of good connections with people and, and having right. good conversations with people because there's, you know, when you're, when you're calling parents about their children, right? It's, it's they, they need time. Yeah. Yeah. Any words of wisdom for the community that we should just throw out there for Sauk County and beyond of things to be careful out there? When it, yeah. Hill Street Blues, right? Hey, be yeah, careful out be there. Be careful out there and, and just stay positive. Yeah. You know, really stay positive and, and just if something's getting you down, just go back to the present moment and be, you know, grateful for something. Gratitude is huge. Yeah. And we need to be more grateful for what we have. Amen. Thanks, Travis. You're welcome. We'll be right back here on uh, 99.7 Max FM and Frame of Reference. It was a Sunday in Farmer Jones's back 40. A Sunday with limited field time, to be specific, when the emergency after-hours parts line at McFarland's rang with a call. The problem? A broken piece of farm machinery. The solution? Simple to the parts experts at McFarland's. They dropped what they were doing and got the part Farmer Jones needed on a Sunday. Here are the facts. People that care about your field deadlines are available at the emergency parts line on Sundays and after-hours at 608-643-3321. 
there's never been a better time to support small businesses and save big with Max FM Big Deals. Discount certificates from the Max FM Big Deals store will save you up to 50% off retail every day of the week. Local restaurants and wineries, healthy living and spa services, gifts for the holidays, and a whole lot more. New deals are added weekly. Check it out now at MaxFMBigDeals.com. That's MaxFMBigDeals.com. Start shopping and start saving. When I was a kid, not only did I watch a lot of cop shows on TV, but one of our favorite things to play outside was cops and robbers. Maybe because we had a captain of the Milwaukee Vice Squad across the street, or maybe because we all enjoyed playing our part in catching bad guys. Strange thing is, back then, it seemed easier to tell who the bad guys were. Nowadays, I'm not so sure. Because as much as we count on police keeping us safe, there are significant numbers of people that think what we really need is protection from the police. How did we get here? How do we get back to where the bad folks are more clearly defined and recognized? I'm not certain, but in talking with Travis over the past few weeks, I think it has something to do with the Spider-Man pledge. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. Police do have significant power to protect law-abiding citizens and to enforce the laws governing them. But from my vantage point, we all need to adapt a frame of reference that helps us to take responsibility for the human being behind the badge. A person that's trying to keep things together but may be falling apart inside from all the stress of dealing with the worst of us too much of the time. We need to make time for everyone's story to be told, everyone's side to be seen, everyone's version to be verified. Don't forget, if you have suggestions or questions, visit us at www.forsalk.com. Stay well.